You're listening to the Cultivating Careers in Alternative Proteins podcast, a podcast which features students and early career professionals who work in the alternative protein industry, where they discuss their journeys and deliver advice on how you can start a career in this revolutionary field. Have you ever wondered how many animals you can save or tons of CO2 equivalent you can prevent by having a career in the alternative protein industry? Well, now you can figure out exactly that with Talist's new impact calculator. It provides a personalized calculation of the positive impact you can make by joining the industry. This is a game changer for the industry and empowers job seekers to make informed decisions about their career choices. A link to the impact calculator is provided in the show notes. You're in for a special treat with this episode, as today's guest is extremely multi-talented as her experience covers a wide variety of disciplines, including project management, event planning, campaigning, community outreach, corporate engagement, and partnership development. Angel Lee previously worked at Green Monday, which is the same organization that Erin from Episode 8 worked for. Now, she is the Plentitude Project Manager and Policy at Enough, which is the same organization that Luke from Episode 10 works for. We discuss some of the events and campaigns she's organized, as well as her strategies for overcoming challenges. In addition, Angel Shales has kept her motivated all these years. All right, on to the interview. Welcome, Angel, to the Cultivating Careers in Alternative Proteins podcast. I am super excited to have you on the show today. I've been waiting for this for a while now, and I'm looking forward to hearing more about your experiences. I'm glad to be on this podcast talking to you, Jeffrey. Yeah, I'm so glad that you reached out to me to want to be on this podcast, and I'm happy that you're willing to share your story. So as a starting point, maybe you can tell us what led you to pursue a career in the alternative protein industry and how you were able to get into the industry. This is a little bit of story about how I became a vegetarian back in 2014. I still remember it's the summer. I became a vegetarian in that year out of compassion for animals. And then I started doing quite a lot of research about animal welfare. And then I volunteered for an animal rights organization in Hong Kong and helping them translate and write articles on these issues. And then I just realized that I really wanted to work on the animal welfare movement and plant-based movement. So I realized that this is my calling. And then friend's friend helped me pass my CV to David Young, who is the founder and CEO of Green Monday. You probably know that Green Monday is one of Asia's leading plant-based organizations. And then in 2015, May, I went to meet him in his office. We had a really nice chat, but they didn't have any job openings at that time. And then a few months later, I think it's September 2015, I reached out to him again and I really wanted to work at his organization so I reached out to him again and very luckily they just got funding for a two-year community program in Hong Kong and they were actually looking for a program officer so that's how I got this job working in the plant-based movement basically this is a story of persistence and proactiveness I took the initiative to send a CV to David there wasn't even job openings So there was no job for me, but then I persisted and asked him, and then I got the job in the end. Wow, that's uh, quite interesting. So 
what were some of the things that you did to really persist? Like, did you contact him a bunch of times or follow up a lot? Like, what was your strategy there? <laughs> so David Gary is very active on social media. So I, of course, I follow his work, Green Monday's work very closely. And I think that he posted that he was looking for a talent to work at his company. So that's why I reached out to him again a few months later. It's important to, of course, when you want to work for an organization badly, you follow the work of the company organization and of course the founder, and then you seize the right opportunity. That's how I suggest people do. And of course, connect with the founder personally. I mean, even though the first time I met him, they didn't have a job opening, but as Tari, I left a good impression on him. So when I reached out to him, then he already remembered me. And then of course he appreciated my proactiveness and persistence as well. Right. I'm glad that your persistence led you to that and that you continued to push through and didn't give up. So what do you feel are some of your main takeaways from your work at Green Monday? So working on Great Monday has helped me lay the foundation of other alternative protein jobs. I've worked at Great Monday for a total of six years, mostly working on community outreach, corporate engagement, and also uh, event management. And working at a startup has equipped me with a lot of skills because a lot of people working in this industry know that working at a startup you have to be like a jack of all trades. You have to wear many hats. So I'm very grateful for this opportunity to work at one of the pioneering plant-based organizations where I got to learn a wide range of skills. Before joining Green Monday, I actually worked as a writer and editor for a publication in Hong Kong. So my background is in writing and editing. So working at Green Monday helped me learn a wide range of project management skills, event management skills, and of course, partnership development skills. These are all very crucial for a lot of jobs. Well, it seems like you gained a lot of skills and insights from your experience there at Green Monday. I'm curious to know how that's helped translate to the role that you have now at Enough. I'm the Planet 2 Project Manager and Policy. Planet 2 is a project funded by CBJU, Circular by Based Europe Joint Undertaking. So we got the funding to build one of the world's largest biorefineries producing microprotein in the Netherlands. And then we also work with nine other partners to create fermented food and also fermented bio-based products. So this is a funded project. So there's a lot of financials, reporting and budgeting. Yeah, that seems like a really good stepping stone in terms of your career. But I want to talk a little bit more about some of the skills that you've gained, specifically in the area of event planning, campaigning, community outreach, corporate engagement, and partnership development. Sure. So at Green Monday, I work on events for corporates, schools, and also community. A lot of the events are quite similar, so I would just like to highlight one. So I created this campaign for a hotel group in Singapore. Uh, it's called Marina Bay Sands. 
So what I did is to create a Green Monday campaign for their 10,000 employees. The campaign aimed at encouraging the employees to go plant-based at least on Mondays. So for this particular campaign, the approach we use is we have to raise the awareness of the environmental and health benefits of a plant-based diet because we might assume that a lot of people know about all this. Well, actually, a lot of people, I mean, in Asia, in Singapore, Hong Kong, they might still not be aware of this. So that's why we need to raise the awareness, kind of do the education part first. So that's why for this campaign, we organized some sharing sessions delivered by Green Monday's founder. This session was for 500 employees in one big hall. And then he talked about the benefits of a plant-based diet because you need to give people the context why we're doing this campaign. And then on the other hand, we need to give people solutions. I think quite a lot of movements, they might focus on raising awareness. And when people know going plant-based has a lot of benefits in terms of sustainability and health, but how can they go plant-based? I think that's also one crucial question. Why? they're not inclined to go plant-based because they might not have the tools, they might not have the knowledge, or they just don't know how to cook plant-based, or they just don't have the accessibility. So that's why, on the other hand, for this campaign, we've worked with the chef team of the staff cafeteria to increase the plant-based options on the menu, raising awareness and providing solutions. And of course, these days, it's much easier because we have a lot of alternative protein products. They're very tasty, they're quite nutritious, and they're affordable. So that's why when we provide the solutions, we can incorporate them on the menu and then make the menu more enticing for the employees. That's one of the projects that I did at Green Monday. I am also very proud of this project because I look at the impact as 10,000 people. So that's a great, impact from this particular campaign and of course when i said raising awareness we also have an info booth at the hotel and then we interacted with the employees they might have questions and then we can just answer them right on the spot and of course we created some communications materials around the staff cafeteria so that they know why we're doing this but after all we're just talking about food so we also try to make it a little bit lighthearted, make it more fun sometimes. So we also organize some cooking workshops. We show them how to cook delicious, simple plant-based dishes. They had some fun and then they learned that, oh, okay, going plant-based actually does not compromise on taste. I think this is one major concern for many people because they might think that a plant-based diet is bland. So we like to show them in person, how to cook delicious plant-based dishes. So that's why we also try to combine hot fats and also some lightheartedness. Awesome. Wow. That's quite the impressive project that you worked on there. Thanks. And I really like how you focused more on the how to transition to a plant-based diet as opposed to the why. Yes. I can also share a little bit more about the community program I worked on when I first joined Green Monday. That's 2015. So this community program aimed at helping people to cook plant-based. So this is a very practical program. For this program, we published two cookbooks with about 100 recipes. 
And also we produced a hundred cooking videos. They are free on YouTube and they have bilingual subtitles. Oh, excellent. I'll put links to those in the show notes. At Green Monday, I also have with the grant applications and I also was in charge of one of the community programs in Singapore is supported by the Singapore government with all kinds of funding you need to do proposal writing application. And of course, when you get the grant, you follow up on the deliverables and of course, also the reporting and the budgeting. Yeah. And what has been your general approach to engaging with stakeholders for campaigning work, community outreach, and instigating institutional change? And feel free to give some examples. Yes. So just take the project I just shared at this hotel group for 10,000 employees. When we worked with the chef team, we just asked them to increase the plant-based options to 60 to 70%. We did not ask them to remove meat completely because we think that if you remove meat completely, all of a sudden, employees might have some pushback. They might not like it. And then they might just think, okay, why is my company having this campaign that takes a meat away from us? Yeah. So we don't really encourage our corporate partners to do that because the change is too drastic. Yeah. People don't like to have things taken away from them. They'd rather if you add something in. Yes. Yes. So maybe before we do that, a lot of work needs to be done to educate why we do it. But most of the time, corporates, they don't have the time. So that's why you can't just take meat away all of a sudden without education, without raising awareness. And I think it's okay to leave some meat on the menu because after all, there are some hardcore meat eaters, I'm sure. So we kind of keep some meat for them. So we don't ask partners to remove meat completely. Right. You want to cater to everyone. Yes, yes. And of course, the Green Monday approach would never shame meat eating or meat eaters because Green Monday aims to promote a flexitarian diet. So that's why we will never shame meat eaters or meat eating because food is so cultural and personal as well. But of course, I encourage them to go plant-based more often for the environment and for their health. But I don't like to use a very activist approach like, oh, meat eating is bad, is evil. That's not my approach or Great Monday's approach. And then another approach is we make it accessible, make it interactive, make it more fun. Of course, we read about all this climate crisis news quite often for you and me. We work in the industry and we read a lot about this. And of course, it's quite depressing to read this news sometimes. And then it gives people climate anxiety. So that's why we want to make food more fun. At an event two weeks ago in Brussels, when people asked me what this is, the abundant microprotein, I actually did not explain, oh, this is much less resource intensive. This is better for the environment. I just asked them to try it and then tell me what they think about it. And so I think it's also, instead of bombarding people with lots of depressing figures, we can just let them try it and then see for themselves. Mm -hmm. Of course, there were some skeptics who were hesitant to try it. I encourage them to have an open mind. And then we started to have a conversation about this type of protein, plant proteins, fermented proteins, and then make it less preachy 
I think would be a good approach. And then of course, another important aspect is the education part. So we have communications materials to help people understand the issue better, but it doesn't have to be very complex. It can be just one simple infographic because you don't want to overwhelm people with lots of figures. Of course, just with the IPCC report, we have lots of figures, but we don't want to overwhelm the general public with these things. So we present them in easily digestible format. Yeah, sounds like a lot of work that you've done and I'm sure you've had a lot of challenges that you've had to face. What were some of those challenges that you faced in achieving those goals and what were the strategies to overcome those challenges? I think one obstacle is that occasionally it was challenging to convince some corporate partners not to worry too much about employees' feedback. Because I think some companies, they might be a little bit more conservative because, of course, they wanted their colleagues to be happy. So they were a little bit more cautious when it comes to the campaign. So they might not want us to push for the 60 or 70% plant-based options on the menu. So my challenge would be to convince them to be more bold in their approach, just to increase the plant-based options to 60, 70, and employees would be fine with it as long as we support the campaign with the right communications materials and of course right internal communications i think that's one major challenge but for all projects it's also about communication with the partners and ultimately it's about creating a campaign that they were happy with so we just need to find out the middle ground okay and for people who are trying to get into this industry and there may be some challenges that they face. So what advice do you have from the experience that you've gained and that you would give to someone who wants to get into this industry or someone who's already working in this industry but wants to take it to the next level? Compared to your other guests on the podcast, I'm more like a middle stage career in the alternative protein industry. So my advice would be follow the companies that you want to work at. And then, of course, try to connect with the founders or staff working at the company. And then you can get a better idea about the organization. And of course, for job seekers these days, I would say always be proactive. Then spend time building an online presence on LinkedIn to be seen by sharing ideas and articles. Just because for job seekers, you might not have experience yet, but you have education to work in this industry. And I think it's important to share your ideas and share opinions about the industry on LinkedIn so that you get to be seen. Just because you don't have experience doesn't mean that your opinions don't matter. Actually, it's interesting for me to read ideas shared by fresh graduates. And then, of course, I always suggest people connect with professionals in the industry and don't be shy about it. Because what I find about this industry is that people are quite inclined to share knowledge and resources. So I think just take the initiative to connect with people, grow your network and set up some short calls to gain more insights into the industry. 
many people talk to job seekers because this industry is built on a different way of doing things, a kind of way to doing things. So that's why people are generally quite willing to share knowledge and resources if the schedule allows. So be proactive and grow your network. Yeah, it is a very collaborative community, I find. And yeah, people are extremely supportive and willing to help each other out and share resources. So are there any resources that you would recommend or skills that people should develop if they want to get into this industry? Instead of resources or skills, I would like to share the mentality because many of the companies in this industry are probably startups or upstarts. So in this type of environment, job seekers have to be prepared that nobody is there to guide you. And maybe a lot of times, actually very often, you might need to start a project from scratch on your own. Even you just joined the company for a short period of time. So that's why the advice I share with people looking to get into this industry is to develop an adaptable and problem-solving mentality. Even now, I've been in this industry for seven years now, there are still some tasks I haven't done. And that's okay because we have a lot of resources online. So we look up the resources, we look up solutions to solve any issue. So I think adaptable and problem-solving mentality is particularly important for this industry because it's still a relatively new, it's not new, but it's still relatively new. It's young. Yeah, it's a young industry. So there are a lot of things nobody has done before for your organization or even in the industry. So that's why we just need to come up with our own solutions. Yeah, and adaptability will definitely be key as the industry grows and evolves and changes over time. Companies and job seekers and people will have to be flexible. Yes, definitely. All right. Well, as we wrap up here, I want to end off with asking if there's anything else that you want to discuss, anything we didn't touch on yet that you wanted to highlight. I think I'd just like to wrap up by sharing that working in this industry is very rewarding because you actually work alongside the disruptors, people who challenge the status quo, and then to make production more sustainable and compassionate. So along the way, of course, you will encounter challenges as with any job, but then you will also meet a lot of mission-aligned people. And then these people will remind you why you got into the industry in the first place. That's why I've still managed to stay dedicated into this industry after seven years. That's why I'm talking to you today. Yeah, I feel the same way. It is very motivating to work alongside those people and just see how quickly things have developed and grown over the years. And it's inspiring every day. Yes. And I think that's one of the best parts about this job, meeting mission aligned partners and also people who are willing to share their knowledge and resources on LinkedIn or personally. So I'm still not tired of this industry. I still find new things to learn every day. There's also another thing I like to share with your audience who are looking to get a job in the industry. I'm sure passion can get us into the industry, but we also need to evolve with the industry, especially for people like me. I'm a generalist. 
I'm not a food engineer, food scientist, I'm a generalist. I have generic skills to do project management. But that's why we need to keep upskilling so that we have the right skills and knowledge to help empower others. For me, at the onset of the pandemic, I decided to pursue a master's in sustainable development and also got certified as a GRI sustainability professional. Wow, good for you. Yeah, because of the pandemic, I felt stagnant, so I wanted to upskill myself. These qualifications allow me to have the tools because these days, a lot of companies are talking about ESG objectives. So this will be useful when companies want to achieve their ESG objectives. So passion can get us a job in the industry, but we need to grow with the industry as well. Yeah, very well said. And I guess with that, we can end it off here. And I really appreciate, Angel, for taking the time to highlight your career and sharing your experiences and advice and resources. It's been such a wonderful time speaking with you today. Thanks for having me. Angel's journey is a fantastic example of how you can develop and grow into a variety of roles within this industry, which is why there's a place for everyone, including you, to be a part of the alternative protein revolution. If you want to learn more about careers in the alternative protein industry, please follow the Cultivating Careers in Alternative Proteins podcast on Instagram for weekly posts about episode releases, alternative protein resources, job boards, career advice, and so much more.